Welcome to Quarantine Cocktail Hour. Hey, can we turn the elephants down in the mix? Yeah, I don't want them washing out the snare drum. Thanks. Sorry, that's on my end. These damn elephants. Bulatin Astatke was the first African to attend Berkeley College of Music. Almost as interesting, he uh, was an Ethiopian, East African. It's during the late 50s, early 60s, when West Africa was kind of making a name for itself globally, using, relying, leaning on the traditions in their music and mixing them with some Western sounds to a bit of success. Lulatu was there at Berkeley thinking, man, I gotta 
I gotta figure out how to get some of these East African sounds out there, man. These Ethiopian traditions. It seemed Latu did a lot of experimentation at Berkeley, melding Ethiopian traditions with jazz. He seemed to see a natural overlap there, a natural segue. However, when he first kind of got out on his own, the first group of session players he could find, well, a couple buddies he called up from Ethiopia, a couple of the guys that he used to play with. But to round out the players, the band, the Ethiopian quintet, ended up being uh, two-fifths Puerto Rican. And those guys ended up bringing that Latin flavor. Mm. Mm -hmm. You you felt the Latin flavor. You could taste it, couldn't you? I know you could. It's undeniable. It's delicious. Scrumptious, fantastic. Mm. Que rico. Though the Latin flavor was much to Milato's liking, he, he none of them could really fill out the instrumentation in the in the Ethiopian tradition that that he really wanted to. So when they play live, he would he would jump from from the vibes, the vibraphone, to piano, to drums, back to piano, back to drums, back to vibraphone. While for the most part, the rest of the guys just kind of did their thing. Just kind of kept it in the pocket. Maybe threw down some swinging melody on the on the trumpet here and there. But Mulatto was kind of arranging it all, jumping back and forth, kind of making it all happen. Yeah, this African Latin rhythm it's kind of one of the first times this had come together, especially with the East African traditions. And it was really groundbreaking. Mulatu, though, seemed to like the, the Latin influence so much that he actually kind of bent his, his vision to fit that flavor. Uh, or Hemplo, that first song that we just heard, I Faram, Gamat Faram, is actually an ancient Ethiopian warrior song. However, Mulatu, not being a singer and not being able to find an Ethiopian singer, instead had the words to that song translated to Spanish so that a couple of the guys in his ensemble who could sing would be able to sing it in a language they understood. So that is like a melting pot 
of a song right there. You got an ancient Ethiopian warrior song translated into Spanish, sang in an Afro-Latin jazz styling. And let's not forget about the elephants with elephants. You know as well as I do, those elephants are on point. Well, no elephants out here in the high desert off the Snake River Plain of Southeast Idaho, which is where Quarantine Cocktail Hour is coming to you from. With me, your host, Mark Beaver. No, no elephants out here. Though, there has been some interesting animal behavior in the vicinity as of late. It wouldn't surprise me completely if there wasn't some elephant shenanigans. For one, the birds are obviously confused as to the date. Every morning, every evening, most of the day, choruses of various birds can be heard loudly throughout the neighborhoods, no matter where you are. This, in my recollection, is pretty peculiar for the middle of January. Out here in the high desert, they've usually all taken off to warmer locales, except of course the magpies who follow you, stalk you, steal from you at every moment of the year. But the rest of them, no, they usually get out of here, but they're still hanging around in mass. Like, why would we go somewhere else? Likewise, the reclusive gulo gulo, the gluttonous glutton, the wolverine, has been spotted by Yellowstone game cams. For the first time ever, Yellowstone apparently has game cams strategically placed all over the park, mostly for monitoring cougar behavior. Not so much the wolves. The wolves are anarchists. They're they're out. They're out for all to see, behaving like the savage beasts that they are. God bless them. Now the cougars are a little bit more reclusive. They stalk around, and one of the only ways that park authorities can really keep track is to set up game cameras all over the place in areas where cougars might be. And lo and behold, for the first time ever since they set these cameras up, 
which it's been a while. And I saw Wolverine lope right across the screen. What's bringing Wolverines down out of the high alpine islands of solitude in which they usually recluse? Who knows? They know. The birds know. Likewise, right around here, up in the hillsides, a couple friends have reported over the last few months a cougar of their own coming around the neighborhood, stocking up the creek bed on a nightly, bi bi nightly, bi weekly, bi night, no, bi weekly, not bi nightly. That's too many times. Maybe, who knows? But at least bi weekly visiting cougar coming up, creek bed, looming around the house, lurking a little too long. When asked a fishing game, said, well, we don't trap those, but you ought to get yourself a cougar tag. There's no real season, no real bag limit, and that's kind of how we manage cougar populations. Isn't that interesting? I found that kind of interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's common knowledge. Wildlife always seem to kind of have a bit of a sixth sense about when something's going on. And well, we could say that, uh, they might have their claw on the pulse of the political climate. But also, we're seeing that the polar vortex is wobbly. Yeah, yeah. The, the polar vortex is a whirlpool of high altitude cold air that swirls around a low-pressure area near the North Pole. Usually is born as a result of the polar night, the months-long dark that accompanies the dead of winter in the far north, and that uh, lack of sunlight chills the air, jump-starting the gyrating iceboxes spin every winter. That's from the Washington Post. Might be fake news. But what's more interesting is that for most of its documented history, it's been fairly consistent in its gyration this time of year. And in the last couple of years, it's beginning wobblier and wobblier, almost like a top coming off of its axis while slowing down and this wreaks havoc as you might assume as the vortex no longer has a common line of cold air that descends uniformly but instead dips in waves and wobbles and 
sends icy cold blasts intermittent with warm waves in between. Now, you could tell me that that's just weather and the way that the world works, but I'm looking at these dates historically from what we have on record here, and uh, I just can't go for that. No can do.
Shake, Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora. I tell you, friends, I adore her. And when she dances, oh brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. You can talk about cha-cha, tango waltz or the rumba. Sinora's dance has no title. You jump in the saddle, hold on to the bridle. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line. Rock your body, rock your body, child. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Whoop. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake it all the time. Whoop. Work, 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 Sinora. Work your body line. Yeah. Work, 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 Sinora. Work it all the time. Sinora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. High star skirts a little higher. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Off the chimney. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Calypso, left to right is the tempo, and when she gets the sensation, she go up in the air, come down in slow motion. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me! Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body in time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sonora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sonora. Oh, man. That was a fun set. Right? That was a fun set. All the way through. Why'd you play such a fun set after talking about climate collapse? Because, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some fun. I'm a big proponent of fun. 
I'm saying at least, God, I'd say at least 20% of your time needs to be devoted to fun. I don't know, maybe more. I mean, you know, you should try to make other things also fun, but you gotta dedicate at least 20% of your time to just, to just fun. You know what I mean? Because the world's a heavy place, you know? And we're only here for so long. Might as well just make sure you're, you're having some damn fun, right? Plus, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty giddy. I'm feeling pretty giddy because Donald Trump is no longer president. And it wasn't even like a big, it wasn't even a thing. It was almost, it was almost kind of disappointing in a way, but also so completely satisfying that, that it was true, that they just, it was just their last dying gasp. That was the, that was their, that was their attack. It doesn't hurt that their, their Agar on, their leader just kind of tucked his tail and melted like a soft serve vanilla ice cream cone all over your lap. Just threw all those people under the bus after basically opening up the gate for them. Gave away like 175 pardons on his last day. Not one of them was like the 50 or so people who have been arrested in relation to the, the Capitol riot last week. I mean, whatever, man, whatever. It's, it just feels, it feel, I feel light. It's weird. Watch Biden's speech today. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's Biden. He's not the most inspiring guy alive. I mean, his teleprompter looks like my parents iPhone screen it's like the big letters and things so he's kind of getting a little a little sleepy halfway through the speech but man I was like I was tearing up just because a politician was talking about unity and positivity and putting differences aside and rising above the things that like you're supposed to say. We all know that no politicians are perfect. We all know that shady things get done by all politicians, whether in their personal lives or their political lives. But you know what we need out of a politician? Someone who's going to bring us together and move the country forward. It's insane that we've endured this darkness of, of hatred and lies for so long that just to hear the president talk about unity and positivity is enough to move me to tears? Good Lord, man almighty, it is, it's a good day. It's a good day. And I wouldn't mind if I never had to hear Donald Trump's voice again. Though, unless, unless it was 
as like an advertisement for his used car sales lot. That might be that. I might listen to that a couple times. Guy could make it huge. The guy could make it huge in the used car sales game. Seriously. He's got the pedigree for it. for everybody. Hey, you. Yourself a Mark Hatton. It's on me. Don't worry about it. Oh, the out of her mouth? Never mind. Uh, just give that guy whiskey. Kicking off that set. Hollow Notes. God, that's a good song. I mean, there's a ton of good songs, right? That one's off the Rock and Soul part one, which is just chock full of them, man. Rich Girl, Man Eater, a bunch of them. But that one right there, I don't know. Like, I love that. There's a little something about that one. It's, it's just got that groove to it. No can do. Hmm. All the notes. One of these, these white boy bands that somehow completely garnered the respect of the black community. I mean, I hear a lot of podcasts with pretty cool cats from the black musical community, and a lot of them give props to Hollow Notes. I'm not exact, I don't exactly know why, probably because I'm white, but I would think that there is like no better compliment for them than that, than that kind of that love and respect that they get from that community. I would think so. I think it'd be like a jazz musician kind of being fully accepted and appreciated. It's got to feel pretty good. It's got to feel pretty good. And then, that fun song led us into Simon and Garfunkel, Cecilia. That song, I've always, that's always been my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. And I think it's just because of exactly the same reason why I played it tonight. It's just, it's really fun. It's not that kind of syncopated kind of drum rhythm going on. It's a nice breakdown in the middle. A really simple song, actually, in the, for, the, for the lyrical genius of Paul Simon. It's really just a chorus repeated multiple times with two very simple verses and a nice breakdown in the middle, but like, I don't know, that song's undeniable. I can't hear that song and not kind of like start stomping my foot a little bit, clapping my hands, singing to the sky. Man, it's a good one, you know what Also, I don't know if you're familiar with the comedic duo Garfunkel and Oates, a couple of hilarious gals who do stand-up, make musical comedy, have a show. If you don't know, I would think that everyone who listens to this probably is somewhat aware, but you should look them up. They're funny. But I also kind of always told myself if I were to ever play either Holland Oates or Simon and Garfunkel, I'd probably want to do it back-to-back just for that reason. And 
finishing us off there. Harry Belafonte with Jumpin' the Line. That song, that song swings, right? That's a time right there. Harry Belafonte was not only a wildly successful recording artist, actually the the first person ever with a million selling LP. But he was also huge mover and shaker in the civil rights movement of the 60s. He was actually part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s inner circle. He, he met with them regularly. He traveled with them. He was a confidant. Now, today, and throughout history, I mean, you see a lot of, a lot of artists who are outspoken about their political beliefs, who will throw their weight behind a candidate, but I don't know how many artists are part of the inner circle, a confidant, a regular traveling partner of someone on the level of a Martin Luther King, which let's, let's be honest, like that's, that's presidential qualities if, if the times were different. That's basically, that's like if Lil Wang was hanging out with Kamala, like on the regular, like listening to it, like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's not a bad, that's a pretty good idea right there, Kamala, I'll run with that, man. You know what else? I'm gonna put in my two cents right here. Wait till I smoke this blunt. Now I'm gonna smoke the whole blunt first. Yeah, sorry, I didn't say I'm gonna smoke the whole blunt and then I'm gonna give you my two cents. It's gonna be a minute. That doesn't happen anymore. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, maybe it does. I don't, th I don't hear about that anymore. So I think that's pretty impressive. You can be that big of an artist and still throw yourself that wholeheartedly into a controversial cause. A guy can sell a million albums and be part of the civil rights movement in the 60s. I don't know. I think that's impressive. I think that's impressive. And the album sounded like that. They were like jumping the line stuff. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just too undeniable. Maybe it's just too damn fun. Even racists want to... Even racists want to have some fun from, from time to time. Anyway, thank you, Harry Belafonte. Thank you, Martin Luther King Jr. Thank you, Joe Biden. I don't know, for, for showing up. Thank you to you, all of you out there, you, those of you who had hope in your hearts who believed that we could do better than living in the darkness. Thank you. And, well, you know, celebrate. Or whatever, have some fun. But, we gotta keep the train running. Right? We must keep chugging forward now. 
Like a locomotive. Make progress. Progress. Chugging like locomotive breath. Nada é para. 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 Nada é
We're almost at 54 minutes again. Now that it happened. Well, celebrate. We're partying. Take it easy. We're having a good time. We ain't hurt nobody. Starting us off there. Yeah, yeah, that was Jethro Tull. He played some Jethro Tull. Uh, I mean, come on. It's, it's Tull. It's awesome. One, you know, you know I'm a fan of the jazz flute, and the rock flute, skin flute, whatever. There's nothing about, there's nothing about quarantine cocktail hour that says we are not flute friendly, right? That's one. B, I was uh, watching an episode of Fargo season two recently, and they had that particular song, Locomotive Breath, on the, on the soundtrack for a scene, and it was just perfect for the scene, a bit of a montage type thing. And you know when it hits you, when that hits you, when you're like, Man, this is a song that I've probably heard and just kind of, it's just kind of floated above me or behind me or whatever a thousand times. And then, and then one time it just hits and you're like, man, I think I have, I have Aqualung. I definitely have a $2 bargain bin copy of Aqualung that I've listened to maybe four times total because you hear all those songs you hear all the good songs. And then you hear it that one time in a different context, and you're like, man, that's, that's, is that song rad? That song might be rad. You go back and listen to it again. Sure enough, locomotive breath, rad. Jethro Tull. Do you do that? I've been doing that since I was probably 12 years old. Just, what are you doing when you're mowing a lawn, riding a bike, walking through the store, and you have your headphones in, and song comes on and, and you just think man this is just the the perfect song for this scene for the setting you can almost kind of just imagine imagine the scene as if it were a movie what part of the the opening the opening scene kind of set in the scene you know somewhere there maybe just after like a little mid movie after a little bit of strife has happened a little conflict for the character now yeah, that is one of that is one of my simple joys in life, is having those little, those little moments when it hits me with the headphones in. I love it. That's why I had to do it. Second up in there, Muasa Duombia with Kaleya. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but, uh, I think you get the, I think you get the gist. It's off a pretty rad compilation album, World Psychedelic Classics, Volume Three. Uh, the funky, fuzzy sounds of West Africa. I've been, this is, I love this album, and I've just been waiting for, you know, a couple opportunities. Throwing a couple of these jams, I thought, you know, coming off some rock and roll with Toll. Let's. Uh, throw down some of this West African rock and roll fuzz, you know? They cite Jimi Hendrix and James Brown as some influences. I think you definitely hear the James Brown with the, uh, with the 
with the, the howls there at the beginning. Um, yeah, I hope to, and we'll, we'll squeeze in a couple more off this compilation here and there. This is a uh, compilation put together originally by Luca Bob Records, but the is reissued by Stone's Throw. If you're not familiar with Stone's Throw, they're a hip-hop label out of Southern California and uh, just awesome kind of underground hip-hop label and, and, and they're kind of known for, for being some deep crate diggers and they actually reissued this album. So this is a Stone's Throw album. The, executive, the original executive producers, the compilers, Yale Evelev, who you and I and I don't not no one knows who that is, and David Byrne, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, yeah, yeah, the same. Who obviously finished us off there, little Talking Heads, with burning down the house. That's another one of those, you know, I mean, how many Talking Head songs do you know? How many Talking Head songs have just kind of floated in the background behind you? And you're like, yeah, I like the Talking Heads. But every now and then you just hear one in a different context or a different scenario. And I think that, uh, you know, that's when you're like, oh man, this song, this song kills it. This is a really good song. That's when it burned down the house. Burned down the house kind of hit me like that not too long ago. Also, it was, I kind of half expected it to be the song that Trump left the White House on. You know, instead of, uh, you know, his, what he did say, have a good life, I love you, and then walked away to YMCA, which, that was, that was weird. That was really weird, like, like kind of like funny, but really weird. I kind of thought he was gonna, you know, instead of saying I love you and then walk away to YMCA, say like, you know, fuck all y'all and then play burning down the house and then the White House just implodes in the background. I was kind of like, I half suspected that to happen. I'm glad it didn't, obviously. But um, that's how cynical, that's how cynical the last five years, we'll call it five because of the run-up to the election and this whole tail end. Five years of just, just burying cynicism and, and negativity into me and maybe you too, but it feels like, it feels like into everybody, the division that was sowed in the last four years. And, you know, thank God you don't gotta hear me have too many political rants after this, maybe, but, you know, it's, I'll tell you what it is, when I'm out walking around the neighborhood with my one and a half year old son, and I see him engrossed purely in the present moment, and the sheer true, unadulterated wonder and joy and novelty of the world around him. You're walking down the road and you'll hear a dog bark five blocks away and it'll stop. 
Something, something I would never think about. He'll veer off. He'll veer off the sidewalk and kind of stumble into some some bramble. I think he's he's lost his mind. He'll go in there. He'll find the last blossom on a bush. He'll walk up to that that flower blossom and he'll give it a big sniff. Give that dead, dying flower blossom. Last one there. He'll give it one more chance just because you know. He's interested. He's in the moment, and it makes me realize he, he won't know any of this. He won't remember any of this time. He'll only read about it in history books, which will be interesting to see how that evolves. But it's that kind of innocence that sometimes I feel like, you know, I feel like that was. I feel like the last five years have robbed me. Of a little bit of my innocence, and that, and that, that makes me sad. It makes me a little bit upset, obviously. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive. Maybe this was on the horizon. Maybe I'm, it's just part of me getting older. I felt leading up to this, even through the through the W years, you know, when when, when we still hated on W, at least on the on the left and in the punk rock community and the hip hop communities there was still there's still room for that kind of wide-eyed rose-colored naivete that that could lead to something beautiful some kind of beautiful expression you know i think that's i think that that is something essential about the american experience Obviously, the American experience is also about about struggle and, and grit and, and overcoming and rising up and and that's there. But but I also feel like there's something about the ability to even in the face of struggle that that kind of that hope and those rose-colored lens that naivete that can kind of add to the creativity. That's essentially that is some essential American shit right there, you know. The whole world, whether they hate our politics, hate our policies, the world loves our movies, they love our music, they love our writers, and that 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 is born out of that a little bit of that that rose-colored. Positivity in the face of struggle. And I feel like that little bit of that was robbed from all of us over the last five years. It's it's really it's really divided and planted a deep cynicism in in a lot of us. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself and you know some of the people in my circle, but I don't know when I. When I watch the inauguration, and when I see my son out stopping to wander off from the bramble, it just makes me realize, you know, gotta make some time to be present, to be naive, to be overcome by joy, and to stop. Smell the fleur, Minnie Ripperton.
easy. Even so these, these traditions were so much in there, so that that song we just listened to, listen, Jesus Christ, Mountain High. 